screen. So if he makes faces behind me, you don't have to see it. It's a very important job. <laughs> oh, okay. Our gospel today comes from Matthew chapter 21. Jesus said to the people, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, Oh, what's going on, Hadley? Oh, her picture got ripped. We'll fix it. I have tape right over here. The joy of worshiping with family. <sighs> Finally, he sent his son to them saying, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to him themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to Jesus, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Oh, today begins our first Sunday in our stewardship season, if you didn't know that. Uh, and honestly, what a group of readings to start a stewardship time with. But our theme for these three weeks is building from our cornerstone, Christ being that cornerstone. And as we begin to prayerfully consider our own stewardship of creation, our own giving of time, talents, and tithes to the church and to service organizations, we kind of begin this season with a lament. A lament is simply a cry out to God. Some sorrow, some sadness, some anger, some anxiety. With our own lament for all 2020 has brought us, with God's lament and hope for a broken world, with our cornerstone who calls us God's own. Isaiah says he expected justice but saw bloodshed, righteousness but heard a cry. Throughout these last seven months, over 200 days, we have been going through a collective experience. 
Many of our individual experiences are different, but they are all part of the greater whole that is 2020. Between the pandemic, cries for racial justice, wildfires, and floods, it seems like throughout this year, God has been listening to our cries on a global scale. And God has gotten really good at listening. Had some practice. Since God has been hearing our cries and seeking justice and righteousness for ages and ages, our verses from Isaiah today remind us of God's pleasant planting, of God's hope for all of humanity, for all of creation, that the disappointment when God sees bloodshed and hears the cries of God children's, God's children is real. These words from Isaiah are thousands of years old and they still ring true today. We are crying out to God in the midst of tragedies, in the midst of anxieties, in the midst of grief. God isn't the only one who expects justice or righteousness in our world. We hope for it too, right? And like God, we are often disappointed. Much of this world is not what God had hoped, not what we had hoped. God tended to the vineyard that was planting, planted, speaking through Isaiah, God says, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? What more could God have done? What more could God have given us? But God still sees us and kind of says, you know, you're still wild. When God relates the people to wild grapes, I don't think it's the kind of wildness that we might think of with animals. The relation of plants and vineyards paints a different picture. Humanity as wild grapes isn't humanity as beastly or anything like that, but it's about us as grapes that do not produce fruit. Wild grapes don't produce fruit. They are like wild rose bushes, thorns, and briar patches, a chaos in a vineyard that was all so beautifully tended. Like coming home to your garden and finding that an evening of wilderness of blackberry bushes had taken over the entire yard. I came home the other day to find squirrels had gotten into my garden and just created this mess everywhere. And There's purple a and in Hadley's purple petunias. Very upsetting. The wildness of. But Daddy, leaves, leaves are okay. Oh, and Daddy's leaves are okay. The wildness of this wilderness in hearts of people is there. And there is the extreme of this wilderness in humanity and in all of creation. And it's no better highlighted than now in the midst of this year of COVID-19, of recognizing the racial injustice in our communities and in our country, of wildfires and floods, of division and heartache. And we add on to all of this this upcoming election and the divisiveness between us, it all feels a bit fruitless. It all feels chaotic and unexpected. And many of us find ourselves feeling lost in this wilderness time. This is the wilderness that we find ourselves in when all of creation cries out to God, when we fail to participate in God's justice for the world. This is the wilderness that hides God from us when we struggle to find righteousness in our lives and in our choices. Because in all of this, in the midst of wildness and wilderness in our lives, we look for justice. 
We look for God to make a waste of the evildoers. We wait for God to clear the wilderness from around us. We think of justice like the chief priests and the Pharisees think of justice. When Jesus tells them this parable of the vineyard owner, the elders in the temple who are listening think of justice and vengeance as God's wrath or punishment, and that's it. When Jesus asks them what the owner should do to the murderous tenants, they tell him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death. And that's the expected answer, right? That's what anyone of that time would have done long before sending the multiple servants, long before sending the son of the landowner clear, concise justice. Until the chief priests and the Pharisees realize that in this story, they are the murderous tenants. God expected justice, but found bloodshed. This implies from Isaiah that justice is not equal to bloodshed. Violence doesn't bring justice for violence. God's justice, God's response to violence, to failure, to the wildness and wilderness in us is to just keep reaching out to us. The vineyard owner in Jesus' parable, if you hadn't picked up on it, is that to be God, right? And God keeps reaching out to these wild people in his vineyard. God sends servants to try and speak wisdom to the people. God sends prophets like Isaiah to go and speak truth, a truth that is both judgment and hope. And when the people reject the truth, when they still reject the authority of the landowner over them, God keeps reaching. God's justice is this reaching, this reconciling, this hope that comes when God reaches out and sends God's son, a son that is rejected, who faced the justice and judgment of the very people he came to save. For God, this justice of love comes with the gift of righteousness, not a righteousness we can earn or own, not a self-righteousness that we can take pride in, as Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, if it was up to human judgment, if it was according to our wild great law, if it was up to Paul, Paul would be completely blameless, completely righteous. But Paul knows his own heart. And he knows that all these gains he felt like he had gotten in the world, all the right way of living, all the righteousness he sought was nothing compared to what he had been given through Jesus. Nothing. Because even in our most righteous, the wilderness around us still brings with it a brokenness. It still brings with it a cry to God for help. Because the truth is, it's not our righteousness that saves us or that changes us. It's not our righteousness that God expects. It's the change in us given to us by God's justice, by Jesus. That moment when Jesus goes to the cross, when Jesus faces the justice of this world, when Jesus faces the results of people who consider themselves to be righteous, when on the cross Jesus experiences the violence and bloodshed of our world, when on the cross Jesus cries out to God, when on the cross Jesus hears the cry of those who are suffering, of those who are hurting, of those who are experiencing the wildness and wilderness in the world, in their lives, and even in their own hearts. On the cross, Jesus makes all of us his own. All of us. Jesus on the cross makes us his. He takes all of our wild grape selves, our wildness and our wilderness, our brokenness and our grief, and Jesus finds justice and righteousness there on the cross for us. 
Jesus becomes the cornerstone, the foundation, the beginning of our hope for God's justice in our world. Jesus rises from the dead because God loves us, even in our wildness and wilderness. And in Jesus' resurrection, he shares with us this love, this promise of justice, of righteousness, of hope and life. And in face of everything we see in our world, in the places we expect God's justice to act, and instead we see bloodshed. In our experience where we expect Christ's righteousness and instead hear the cry of those who are suffering or crying, we hear our own cries. We can take comfort in the knowledge that God hears that cry because God is always listening to the cry of the people. And God is always reaching out, always trying to bring this love and hope into the world. And this might be God working through those who sacrifice their own safety for the safety of others. This might be God working through those who are giving their time, energy, and very selves to relief efforts. And this can be for all of us who witness the wildness and wilderness from the very extreme to the very small ways our own lives and hearts are impacted by wild grapes. That in hearing our cry and reaching out, God is bringing a kingdom unlike anything we know, a kingdom built on the cornerstone of justice and love for all that is Jesus Christ. A cornerstone we build upon with love, with God's justice, with our own gifts, with our talents, our time, our finances, and especially our prayers. And we, as Paul says, can press on toward this heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, the call to share love and mercy and hope in the midst of bloodshed and tears, the call to fight against evil, the call that Jesus makes to us when Jesus sees you and me and calls us all his very, very own. Thanks be to God. Amen.